now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, hop along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Thank you, Mark Larson and Southern California. Welcome to another Sunday edition of Rod Real Radio. I am your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy, and we are broadcasting to you live from La Mesa, California. But also with me is Stan Vandenberg from Simi Valley, and also Wendy Toshahar from Huntington Beach. I think we've got a great show lined up for you tonight. Sit back, get ready to have a lot of fun, maybe be entertained, and definitely to be informed uh, in tonight's show. Hey, coming on up, uh, first out of the gate, the president of the CCA uh, for California, Wayne Cotto, will be with us. He's going to talk about a meeting that is coming on up uh, this next week to form a San Diego chapter of the CCA. So you're going to want to hear all about that. Maybe if we got time, we'll talk a little bit about the San Diego Anglers Bay Bass Tournament coming up this next Saturday, too. And then at 6 o'clock, if you recall, you were listening last week and we were talking about guys off of the coast of Alaska catching albacore and other exotic species that they didn't know what what they were that were pumping up from the south. Well, I got a call during the week from Captain Kirk at the Sure Strike Lodge, and he goes, hey, I was one of those guys that was catching albacore. So we're going to have at 6 o'clock Captain Kirk from the Sure Strike Lodge. He's going to talk to us a little bit about that exotic fishing that they experienced this season, and he's going to tell us a little bit more about the Sea Strike Lodge. And then coming up at 6.40, hey, do you have a piece of antique or what you believe to be antique fishing gear that maybe is great-granddad's or you don't know where it came from, but it looks old and it looks like it might be rare? Well, we're going to have John Eller. He is from the uh, Southwest Tackle Collectors. They've got a public show happening in Carlsbad coming up in the beginning of February. Well, you'll be able to take that gear or just go over and see for yourself and view, trade, and sell antique or new collectible fishing gear. So John's going to be on with us at 640 to tell us all about that upcoming show and how you can also be a part of that. But before we get on to Wayne, hey, let's introduce to you first the co-host of Ron Real Radio. He is a voice of 1-800-BASSBOAT and a pretty darn good fisherman in his own right. Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing tonight? Well, so far so good, John. And all you people that have that collectible tackle, don't worry about it. Just put it in a box and send it to Stan Vandenberg, <laughs> and I'll take care of it for you. <laughs> Boy, Stan, get ready to get about uh, 50 flugers in the mail, do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. Yeah, there's a lot of those out there that's 
that for sure. <laughs> All right. Hey, also with us tonight is the other co-host of Rod Real Radio. She is the national sales manager for Iserline and represents many other fine products in the fishing industry. Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to a busy week with all that's going on, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in the next couple hours. I hope so, because you're right. It is going to be a busy week uh, if you have anything to do with uh, fishing here in Southern California. So, hey, let's get on with it, though, because one of the guys that's going to be making it busy for us, he is the uh, California Director for the Coastal Conservation Association. He's Mr. Wayne Cotto. And, Wayne, welcome to the show, sir. Hi, guys. How you doing? We are hey, doing Wayne. good. Doing, we're all doing good, Wayne. Hey, hey this is, uh, you know, it seems like step by step, you're knocking them down. Each week is becoming uh, more and more important as you get the CCA going. But you've got a big event happening this week here in San Diego. And why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, uh, just to clarify, we are uh, CCA California, Coastal Conservation Association of California is the state chapter. We've already launched a uh, San Diego and an L.A. chapter, and the San Diego chapter this week on Thursday, the 21st, will be having their first open meeting at Carl Strauss right off of 805 and Mira Mesa Boulevard. Doors open at 5 o'clock. We'll be talking about fishing. The meeting actually starts at six between 6 and 8. But, hey, come on down early, have a good drink. You know, it's Carl Strauss after all. Have something to drink, have something to eat. Let's talk about fishing. And then hear about everything that we're doing at CCA Cal to help out recreational fishing in California. Wow, Wayne, that sounds exciting. Now, I know you've already had a chapter meeting uh, up in the Los Angeles area. Man, we are so encouraged that now it seems like there's enough momentum going in this movement that a San Diego chapter is coming together uh, is it looking encouraging for your, uh, from your side? Absolutely. It's always encouraging. Uh, you know, people want to help. They want to get involved. Uh, we can always use more people, and we will be expanding chapters, uh, Orange County, uh, Santa Barbara, Ventura County. We'll be working our way all up and down California to start chapters anywhere that we can get members to, you know, participate. This is all about supporting recreational, fish, recreational fishing for all of us. Right. Wayne, you've already taken on some issues uh, by the horns already when it comes to uh, uh, creating new reefs uh, off of our coast. And pinpoint uh, uh, some of the things that, you know, you have already been working on. And if you can think about some of the things that might be targeted here in the not-too-distant future. Wow. That's, it's, a, it's a broad range. There's never-ending <laughs> Uh, issues going on in California, people attacking recreational fishing or fishing in general. Uh, the ones that come to mind are we, uh, we went out and uh, worked uh, with people like IGFA um, and others to try to work against the uh, gillnet and longline issues here in California at the PFMC meeting, uh, Pacific Fisheries Marine uh, Management Council. And then we worked on that, and uh, that issue's not dead, but we're working in the right direction to try to make sure that we don't have gillnets, long lines, and other destructive gear uh, fishing in the California waters. We've gone to the uh, uh, California Department of Fish and Wildlife, and we're working with them on the fisheries management plan for the lobster uh, regulations. Jim Salazar has been very instrumental with the Lobster Advisory Committee. Uh, and that's looking promising. The, the, it'll probably come up to vote in the uh, February meeting, so that'll be good. 
down here in San Diego. Uh, we partnered with California Ships to Reefs uh, back last year, but we've got projects working down here. We've actually worked on one boat, uh, got it all cleaned up, painted it pink, and uh, got a bunch of people signing it as breast cancer survivors. Um, and then uh, we got a second boat we're working on, and we're hopefully going to get it done, and hopefully the Coastal Commission will allow us to sink both of those boats in February. Hope, you know, that's what we're working towards. But that'll help out with that Yukon Reef right here in San Diego. You know, and we're always working for more projects. On top of all of that, we're still working on all of our hatchery project issues. You know, we're working with Hub SeaWorld uh, Research Institute. We're gonna, uh, we took over the insurance program for the, uh, hat, for the grow-out pens. Um, and then we're working with uh, the uh, Hubs uh, SeaWorld Research Institute on uh, looking at that next species. We started with them, and we uh, launched a survey that we're working on. We'll do it through the Fred Hall shows at all of our events. Uh, it, we want every recreational angler out there to get their opinion in. What If it was your call, what would be your top three fish that you would like to see us work on next at the hatchery program? Uh, through hubs, you know, we already do such a good job, and and we've seen the results of the white sea bass program. But what would be that next species? And and that this is what the survey is about. It's everybody has an opinion, and we want to hear your guys' opinion. So come to one of our events, see us sometime, and fill out your name and and put in the top three uh, fish that you want to uh, see next coming out of the hatchery program. You know, hey so Wayne, if you think about it, are we? I'm sorry. Are we going to have um, that survey or or any information? Um, regarding that survey on our Facebook page or website? It, yeah, it just it just got worked out last week um, with the Hubs guys, and we put the survey together, and we wanted to see how it would do. We, we had it at, for the very first time, we had it at the Dana Landing uh, Let's Talk Hookup and the uh, uh, San Diego Bass uh, Bay Bass Tournament Seminar. We had it there just to test the, the survey itself to make sure it was in the right format and, and people could uh, understood what we were trying to do. And we had the hubs guys there with us. So, yeah, it, we're going to be launching it out, and we'll put it up on our website, or I'm sorry, up on our Facebook page, and we'll have it at all of the events. Wow. Great. You know, you know Wayne, it just, it, you know, just from what you told us, it's scratching the surface on the issues. And more importantly, what we're uh, uh, looking at is the fact that uh, uh, this can't be done by just one or two people that are spearheading an organization. This has to be a concerted effort of fishermen throughout the state that uh, that are uh, showing their concern for their problems and working together in order to get those issues uh, passed that, that we like to see in our, that are in our benefit. Absolutely. The whole, the whole premise behind how CCA is successful is it's a grassroots effort. It's, it's the fishermen. It's us doing the work together in large numbers and, and going and making sure that we have influence with our uh, if elected officials or sometimes appointed officials. Uh, a good example is right now the, Coastal, uh, the uh, California Department of uh, Fish and Wildlife Commission we just lost three main players off that uh, off that commission, and that's scary because they were ones that were they hunted, they fished, they were on our side, they understood the politics, and they stood up for us. And we've lost three of them in the last month, and that's scary to us right now. That's very scary. Yeah, because there's nobody that's taking their place that that hunts and fishes. That that's the the, the point. The, of the last two appointed by our governor. 
The last two people put on the commission do not hunt or fish, and yet they're on the California Department of Fish and Wildlife Commission. And you're like, how are you getting on the commission when you don't have any insight into what this is about? And that's that makes them officially, officially an expert without any knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Man. Hey, well, Wayne, you're having the meeting at uh, Carl Strauss for the uh, San Diego chapter. What are you expecting uh, people to do there, and what can the people that come to this meeting expect to see? So it's, it's multiple things. One, we, we want to make sure that any, any uh, Coastal Conservation Association of California member that wants to come in and hear what's going on and how we're keeping you guys up, come on, come on down. If you're not a member, come on down, hear it, and hopefully you'll sign up with us. Uh, that, that's the goal. You'll hear from Robert Taylor from National. You'll hear from Bill Shedd. He's the chairman of the California chapter. You'll hear from myself. You'll hear from Steve uh, Pazel, who's the president of the San Diego chapter. And, you know, you'll, you can ask questions. This is about the members getting the information that they want to uh, understand and hear about what we're doing to help them. And not only that, uh, it's important that uh, everyone that is interested in the CCA helping them out, should, should, which should be every uh, fisherman in California, it's going to give them the opportunity for them to join themselves and then also to contribute uh, the best that they can into the uh, efforts that this organization is putting forth to represent us. Absolutely. You know, one of the good things, one of the good things about this is that um, – we're making a lot of people aware, but um, it's great that people are signing up for our membership. $30 is, is a membership, and anything above that $30 is going to stay here in California. So, you know, if you, if you can go ahead and take that, you know, extra step and donate a little more or even become a life member, um, all the life membership is $1,000, and all of it but $30 stays here in California. All right. And, Wayne, give us the uh, details again about that meeting of the uh, CCA California San Diego chapter. The meeting is Thursday night, the 21st, at Carl Strauss, right off the 805 and Miramesa Boulevard. It's off of Scranton Road. Uh, doors open at 5. Come on in, have, uh, have a beer and uh, something to eat, and let's talk about some fishing. The meeting actually starts at six, between 6 and 8 o'clock. Uh, and then at the, at the end of that, uh, we'll have a little raffle and drawing, too. So, you know, you can actually win some prizes. And we got some great sponsors. So you guys want to come down and, and take advantage of this. Right. And, Dwayne, I'll I know you, you were at the um, uh, uh, the Bay Bass Seminar this Saturday that was over at Dana Landing Market. Uh, well, How does it seem it's going with regards to sign-up and uh, participation in this year's event? Oh, well, that actually went. I mean, the Dana Landing event uh, with Let's Talk Hookup in Bass Lane over there, every year it seems like it's picking up more and more momentum. Um, there were a lot of sponsors or uh, uh, vendor booths there. Um, we were sitting right between uh, Friends of Rollo and the San Diego Anglers booth right there. And uh, it, it was good. By the time they uh, started the seminar for the, uh, at Fast Lane Kayaks, it was standing room only. And I think they had over 100 chairs set up in there. So that was a great seminar. They came right of it and they started signing up right at the booth so they're over 112 signed up and the max is 150 and that was uh, as of yesterday Uh, they probably got more after that 
That's pretty neat. Wayne, if, uh, uh, where can people go to find out more information about CCA California or San Diego chapter or of the association itself? You can go to our website. It's ccacalifornia.org. Uh, California spelled out. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, and that'll keep you up to date on everything that we've got going, all the, all the current events. That's uh, CCA of California. And, uh, you know, just go up there and, and find out and come to our meetings, because that's where you can actually just talk to us, ask us the questions that you have on your mind, keep informed, you know, and participate. That's what we're looking for. And, Wayne, will you have a booth at the, uh, uh, the Bay Bass Tournament uh, uh, in the pavilion that they set up there? Yes, we'll have a table. All right. Well, hey, if we don't see you during the course of this week, Wayne, we look forward definitely to seeing you uh, Saturday at the Bay Bass Tournament. But for sure, anyone that can make it Thursday, January the 21st at Carl Strauss on uh, Scranton Road over in uh, Sorrento Valley, make it there. Hey, Wayne, thanks a lot for taking some time to be with us. I know it's been a busy weekend for you, and we appreciate your time very much. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. All right. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're at the helm tonight. Coming up next, Phil Friedman. Stay tuned. More to come after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks no matter what you're hauling or towing for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert now get special savings on every f-series truck in stock 150s 250s 350s at el cajon ford we have commercial trucks too including the all-new transit connect finally a commercial van with great mileage helping your business get moving again el cajon ford worth the short drive from anywhere in southern california broadway and east main and el cajon or online anytime anywhere at el Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 
2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to BalloonFisherKing.com for further information. It's a big deal. You know, I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio. I, <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. I, that is just absolutely awesome. Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back, Southern California, to Rod Real Radio. And now it's time for What the Heck is Phil Thinking? With the voice and host of PFO Radio, Mr. Phil Friedman. Phil, welcome back to the microphone, man. Hey, John and Wendy and Stan, it's great to be with you. Fighting the, the flu like so many people are, but ready to rock and roll. There's some great fishing. Had a wonderful trip down to Baja, and it's good to be with you as always. It is great speaking with you, you know, and it's people are thinking, you know, we've got these uh, El Nino generated uh, pulses coming through one after another every uh, seems like every uh, three or four days and that the mornings are cool. The days are, you know, comfortable, but uh, that this is our winter time. It's uh, the, the fishing has slowed down. But you know what? The fish just aren't cooperating. They don't think it's winter, right? Uh, they're they're a little confused. I think you're right, John. And yeah. I think there's in the water, uh, mainly that it's still fairly warm. I mean, I talked to Bruce Root, the guy that runs the Sport King out of L.A. Waterfront Sport Fishing. He found patches of 62 degree water at Catalina Island, pretty warm for wow. the dead of winter. And we're seeing that elsewhere. For example, you look down there at San Quentin. Uh, I was just on the phone right before I got on the air with you with Manuel Castro. He runs a little operation down there called Pangas Tiberonas. Wide open yellowtail down there uh, around San Quentin area, around Isla San Martin or San Martin Island. Uh, that area has been absolutely fabulous and great rock fishing and wonderful uh, fishing for some bass in that area also. So you've got that going on 140 miles south of the border. Then you move up to 120 miles to Punta Colinette, and those guys running day-and-a-half trips out of San Diego encountered really nice fishing. You look at the Pacific Queen over this weekend. He returned this morning with 52 big yellows, 18 to 30-pound class fork, lots of rockfish, 24 lingcot, four barracuda to go along with it. You hear those barracuda, and you think springtime, and that's exactly what you alluded to just a moment ago, that the fish are a little confused right now. And then you bump up to the Coronado Islands right out your back door there in San Diego, just a few miles south of the border. And, man, they have been all over the yellows here. The Pacific Voyager out of Seaforth has had nothing short of spectacular, wide-open, limit-style fishing the last few days. Today, 88 yellowtail didn't get to limits. But the Mission Bell out of Point Loma with 25 guys, a buck 25 on the yellows for the limits of yellowtail. 
smaller grade have moved in there now. There's a lot of five to ten pound stuff, some fish in the teens, but all of them biting the yo-yo iron and the dropper lube rigs. And that is some pretty spectacular fishing for the dead of winter, no question about that, John. So you're right, fish are confused, and we saw that at Catalina. I mentioned Bruce a moment ago. He had seven yellowtail yesterday at Catalina Island and found that 62-degree water. Literally caught hundreds of calico bass, but all but one was legal. So good action, a lot of activity, but they had to toss back most of those. And then elsewhere, if you're looking for a fish taco somewhere, you can certainly find plenty of sculpin right now. There's sand dabs biting up there in the Channel Islands. As you say, it is pretty darn good for the dead of winter right now. Boy, it's a failure just not saying anything. Just the reports that we're getting back from the landings is it's getting so that, you know, it's great to take that day-and-a-half boat to go down to Colinette or, or fish the, uh, the Mexican coastline because you come back with not only great yellowtail but a whole big sack of, of fish for the freezer. But the guys that don't have that much time that are going out right now on the three-quarter-day boats with the, the heavy surge and the cold water and everything else like that, they're whacking the fish on the three-quarter-day boats. Yeah, you're right. It's counterintuitive when you think about it. I mean, you get up in the morning, you don't want to get out from under the covers for a while. It's so chilly out. and uh, But they're catching yellows. They're catching good yellowtail. And, I mean, excellent fishing right now. And I know that uh, the guy that runs the Mission Bell said he saw a lot of yellow down there around the islands today. So it really sounds good. And it doesn't sound like it's going to slow down. And fishing the yo-yo iron, there's nothing more fun or more productive for fishing yellowtail. You know, a small, heavy jig, you sink deep, you wind on fast. When you get a bite, you just keep turning the handle to set the hook, and there's nothing more fun than that. You can put on a limit of fish pretty quick by using that method, and it's a fun way. And all the San Diego boats, I can't think of one, to be honest with you. You don't really have a problem with any crew members or anything like that. Some places we still have that. You don't have that in San Diego. You can walk on the boat, and I suggest if you're new to the game, you walk up and you put your hands up in the air and you say, I really don't know how to do this, and you're going to find somebody who's going to take really good care of you and school you and teach you how to yo-yo the iron, how to fish, how to tie a proper knot, how to pick the right bait, and all of that. And, man, that is so refreshing and so nice to see. And certainly boats like the Mission Bell and the Pacific Voyager, San Diego's doing some maintenance right now. They're really well known for that, and all the San Diego fleet do a fabulous job of that kind of customer service. So if you don't know, don't be ashamed. That's, that's uh, nothing to be ashamed about. I mean, uh, if you want to know somebody who doesn't know a lot, just uh, you're listening to them right now. So don't be ashamed if you don't know. Just ask, and those guys will be happy to tune you up and make sure you catch some fish. You, know, you might even want to go to your local tackle shop. The mom-and-pop shops are the best because they have local knowledge. If you're close by, and might want to ask them what rods and reels, if you're new to the game, are good for what style of fishing you're going to be fishing because it changes from if you're going to the Channel Islands to if you're going down to Colinette. Uh, it can change if you're going for, you know, the albacore on one side and uh, with fishing with an anchovy, <laughs> and it changes if you're going to be fishing a sardine for the bigger yellowfin uh, when they come in. So little things make a big difference. You know, go ask questions first. You know, and here's a, a, a scoop that I found out just the past couple of days. There are now nests of squid between Dana Point and Oceanside Harbor, they're fairly close to the shore, and 
Some of the guys are finding some fish a little farther out. They think they've got to be way out there in order to catch these fish, but there are actually nests that are fairly close to the beach, and the yellowtail, the big yellowtail, are just ripping up these nests of fish. As a matter of fact, the, uh, one fellow I talked to said that he had at, was actually catching yellowtail on a swim bait. And now we're hearing that there is uh, also a nest of squid that are off of uh, Carlsbad and then also some in the La Jolla Canyon, too. So it seems like the squid are coming on up and the yellowtail are feasting on them, and it's going to be another opportunity to get on these fish. Hey, <laughs> hey, Stando, I've got – if you can give us – can you give us a, a quick fishing 101 on yo-yo, like what the fishermen should bring – what pound test and the technique? Make make it quick though. Uh, you know, just a a quick tease here. Okay, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna yo-yo fish, and let me explain yo-yo first. Well, first you want to get a rod and reel that is, uh, I would say a six to six and a half foot. You don't want want a long rod for yo-yo fishing because you you're not making long casts. You're throwing at the water and letting the 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 iron sink to the bottom. Uh, you want a reel that you can turn the handle on. And it has, you know, the two-speed reels are the best that are on the market. If you can find a good two-speed that has a five-to-one or or even a six-to-one, and then you can punch the button and go to three-to-one or whatever to, to pull the fish up once he's on. But this is the technique where you'll, you would want to use, I like 50-pound and a reel that will handle that, uh, and a six-to-six-and-a-half-foot rod where you're going to pitch the jig out, let that iron go all the way to the bottom and then once it hits throw it into full don't even worry about the that once you set your drag and start winding as fast as you can reel it up about a third of the way and if you don't get it bit drop it back down to the bottom and then reel it up half of the way and then drop it back down to the bottom and then reel that one all the way up that's called that's the yo-yo effect that you're trying to do and uh, Make sure that you've got the right equipment. The reason you want a shorter rod is because you, when you hook that fish straight down, now you're, that fish is underneath you uh, and deep, and you need the, the leverage on the fish instead of having the longer rod to throw the long distance for surface iron. You need the, the leverage on your fish to lift that fish off the bottom because that yellowtail is one of the meanest animals in the ocean when you get, hook him up. If there's a rock close by, he's going to find it, and he'll cut you off. If there's kelp, we don't have as much kelp now because of El Nino. But if you're need, anything that he can go to, he will pull into, and that's why you have to have the right rod and reel set up for that, and it'll help you a bunch. Now, Phil, had you heard anything with regards to color when it comes to the yo-yo and, and the size of jigs? John, you know, the, the old favorite to start with, I was talking to Buzz Brizendine about this just the other day, the owner-operator of the Prowler out of San Diego. And he said, "We still, no matter what's going on, we pretty much start with blue and white. Now, I know with the red crabs around, there's these red crab-colored lures, and, and they've been very, very effective. So matching the hatch is something you want to pay attention to when you start talking about these nests of squid that we're seeing, even up off the Topaz Rock Jetty in the Santa Monica Bay, you start going to those white colors, and a solid white jig is not a bad idea. A scrambled egg works really, really well. So... Um, I've heard it both ways, and I, uh, my old college professor, Pete Hoffman from Loyola Marymount, used to say, the reason why, this is his theory, you, you call the boat and you say, what are they biting on? And they'll say, blue and white, you've got to have the blue and white. And he'll say, that's because everybody's throwing blue and white. If they were throwing, 
Sorry, green, no. <laughs> green and purple. It would be pink, green, and purple. Now the other side of that is a guy like Bob Osborne who says, "No way, absolutely not. You've got to change colors. You've got to adjust to the different uh, type of fish." And and uh, so there's these different schools of thought. I'm I'm one that uh, I have seen it. I have seen hot colors, man. I've seen it on the troll. I've seen that feather that gets bit over and over again. Um, I don't know. It could be a coincidence, but it seems to me you just have to pay attention, see what's going on, match the hatch, the red crab lure during the red crab season, the squid starts moving in. And also, hey, just one other note, and excellent, excellent presentation, Stan. One other note, watch these full moons coming up. Now, with that squid on the beach, you mentioned it, John. That's just a big old giant magnet for predators. And as we get to these full moons, we're going to see more and more of these big sea bass and perhaps see a really good season this year. And early, we could see that very, very early. It could be accelerated by these El Nino warm water conditions. Well, you know, we're running you know, into... Oh, go on, Stan. I was going to say, Phil, he hit, I think he hit on the three, three best colors there. If you're going to buy iron, you know, your 6X juniors, your Taddy 4Os, uh, or your 7Xs that are heavy, something that you can get down uh, and, and get back up, um, the three colors you want to have in your tackle box, well, first, that blue and white is, is a mandatory requirement. And scrambled egg, oh, and there's one they call baby cock, a brownie. It's yes. kind of a, a mishmash of white and, and mustardy yellow. Um, and, and the white one, a white works much better, I think, for the, the white sea bass. But you got to have that in your tackle box. There's so many new baits that you can get now that are custom-wrapped or custom-made to look like a squid out there on the market. Those are handy to have, especially with the squid when the squid hits that around the area. But it works, with, or those baits work, whether you're the squid are here or not, for yellowtail. Those are handy baits to have. So you can go online and look, but if you're going to the local tackle shops, right now would be the time to get them when the guys that are that are making the iron, they've been so backed up with El Nino, uh, it might be a time to go look at your local tackle shop and pick up what you need for the ongoing season here, too. You know, a couple of good baits that were really good for the yellowtail, too. Don't forget about your mega-bait-style um, jigs and also your uh, colt snipers. Those work really well. Yeah, right. You, that's correct. If you can find them, because I know they're sure, still in short supply in a lot of the stores. And talking to the private boaters, they say that they're getting on these, these. Uh, they're they're seeing these clouds of whatever it is, and it seems like there are still the crabs there, and and the squid are coming in to eat on the crabs, and the the max and the 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 bigger bait fish are coming in to eat on the squid, and and the crabs down there, and then also now the bigger fish, and there is just total chaos going on down there. But it's fishermen's <laughs> paradise. <laughs> this is great stuff. This is just great stuff. The El Nino rolls on here. Listening to everybody talk about all the guys up and down the coast that are out there uh, catching the bigger yellowtail. It's not unusual on a on a good year to have the yellowtail around in January. Well, you know, they used to come up to the Coronados in numbers, but now they're all over the place. Uh, and big ones. I mean, this 30-pound stuff is still around. Uh, and you're seeing, you know, the red crab in the harbors. This is nuts. It's it's so much fun to watch. People, we're going to have another really good year, I think, from everything that Phil's telling you here. You can catch them from the, you know, the the Coronado Islands. You can go up to the, the islands off of Santa Barbara, or you can go down south to San Martin, and it's still good fishing. 
Well, Phil, if we want to catch up on what's happening locally, and then you always have something interesting uh, uh, to say on your blogs, how's the best way to keep in contact with you and stay up to date on what's happening here in Southern California? Thank you, John. You can do that by going to www.pforadio.com. Or if you prefer it in Spanish, www.aventurasalarelibre.com. And uh, we'll be celebrating two years on the air in Espanol here next month. And that, of course, airs on AM 690 every Saturday evening at 9 p.m. Sunday morning at 6 a.m. Aventuras al aire libre, our Spanish-language radio show on the weekends. John, Wendy, Stan, and everybody out there, always a pleasure to be with you. Oh, Phil Friedman, the voice. Thank you very much for your timely report. We look forward, if we don't speak to you during the week, next Sunday night on Rod and Real Radio. Appreciate you giving us a call, Phil. All right. Hey, that's it for Stan, Wendy, and I. Coming up next, Captain James Elson with the Southern California Inshore Report, the fish icon himself. Stay tuned. Still lots more Rod and Real Radio to come. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top-angler tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. My Angler H2O. I will scent my lure with pride. And hope my boss doesn't notice the tan. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed sunken boats and outlast the hard-fighting largemouth bass. I will save water at home for better fishing out here. And always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. And welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, as we mentioned before when talking with uh, Wayne Okodo, the 21st Annual San Diego Anglers Open Bay Bass Tournament will be happening this Saturday on San Diego Bay, 
January the 23rd. You can enter as a two-man team, or you, there is also a kayak division where you can enter uh, on your own. It's going to be a lot of fun. You uh, can get a hold of an entry form at your local tackle stores down here in San Diego, or go to sandiegoanglers.com, find out all the information. It is a lot of fun, not only the contest itself, but if you don't fish the contest, you can show up starting at around 12 o'clock to the pavilion area that's located right exactly north of the Shelter Island launch ramp. There's going to be food. There's going to be uh, beverages. There's going to be a great raffle. There'll be all kinds of people there on the display. Ron Real Radio will be there in the booth. You can stop by, say hello, pick up a sticker, and we'll have some samples, too, from Angler's Arsenal. So it's all happening January the 21st, the San Diego Angler's Bay Bass Tournament. But who better to tell us, hey, maybe give us a couple of hints on what we're going to have to do in order to win this thing if you're fishing is the fish icon himself, and he's on with us right now, Captain. Captain James Nelson. Captain James, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me again, John. How you doing? Boy, we are doing good. At Captain James, I was uh, uh, cruising Facebook, got on uh, James Nelson, and happened to see there was a, a family that you took on out this past week, and they just crunched the spotted bay bass. Is, is, is the fishing really that good out there right now? Well, the fishing is that good, John, but, uh, on, you know, for lack of better terms, let me correct you. Most of those fish were calicos. We got on top of a nursery of calicos anywhere from 10 to uh, 13 inches, and they just had a ball. We just uh, slimmed down the gear down to 8- uh, and 10-pound tests with little quarter-ounce lead heads and small grubs, and the calicos were just stacked up under the boat at one point. It was just nuts. Really, that's really good for the ongoing fishery, right oh, there. To man, hear that yeah. that kind of that smaller fish is around. I mean, that's not those fish are probably five, six years old. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know that that is know, amazing slow, too. That's good. Hey, we want to remind our listeners too that for the bay bass tournament, you can bring in your three best fish, and they can be spotted bay bass, sand bass, or calicos. So. Uh, if a 14-inch calico happens to come on by and uh, you need a fish to bring over to the weigh-in, he can come and visit the uh, San Diego Anglers for a little while. You know, John, that's it. It only takes three fish to get in there. And uh, last year, I, I know a couple. I think you know of them, Matt, Mike, and Val. And they That's what they did. They brought in three good calicos, and they, I think they ended up taking, like, third place. And they, they've never fished down here like this before where they were only in the bay fishing for uh, other than bay bass. I mean, you could catch bay bass in this tournament, but realistically it's going to be the sand bass and or calicos that are going to win it. So, you know, uh, you I, know I, they I, went for the calicos, and they, that's what they caught, and they got three good ones and in the third place with them. So. Wow. You know what? I, I think sand bass are probably going to be uh, more dominant because with uh, the past couple of seasons, with the uh, boundary for the mouth of the bay that has changed, used to be the tip of the Sanuga Jetty, to the uh, uh, the tip of Point Loa, and that was a little a little too arbitrary. And now they have it going straight across the the bay at uh, buoy ten. Uh, it brings it much farther into the bay, and and it kind of it kind of eliminates some of those spots where in past years fellows have caught the big calicos. 
It, it does eliminate some of them, but some of that was also eliminated by our lovely MLPA folks. So, um, you know, it still leaves quite a bit of jetty that's still in legal boundaries, and you're not going to get run off by the Navy. And uh, and then there's still other areas. I mean, you could fish around the nursery areas we've been in. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can get around those nursery areas that we've been in, and you can scrape out a 14-incher if you're willing just to put up with the little guys. Or if you upsize your bait, you're probably... You know, eliminate some of the little guys anyway. We just didn't do that. I had I had a family of four, a four-year-old and a six-year-old on board, and it was all about numbers today. And that spot that we hit today, we've been hitting the last four or five trips, and just just having fun with them. Man, that is great. You know, you know, Jim. Though a lot of times people think, well, if I uh, to catch the big sand bass or the big spotties or even the calicos. I've got to go out towards the mouth of the bay because there's a little more structure or maybe those who are fish have a chance to stop on by if they're coming in from the kelp beds. But that's kind of a misnomer because there are some spots deep inside the bay that do hold uh, big fish, are there not? There are plenty of good spots that hold big fish, um, and I'm sure we'll hear about it from somebody come Saturday. Hopefully it might be Chuck. And <laughs> I, I hope it's you and Chuck, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. It's, it's, you know, I haven't been able to get out there much myself, and I know Chuck hasn't. We had planned to get out there and, and do a little uh, practice run, then he hurt his back, you know. So I just hope he, he'll be upright enough Saturday morning to get the job done. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> you know, in general, uh, for the people that are, let's say, this, they're not that used to the Bay or they haven't been out there that much, what type of a can you give us a general outline of a game plan that they should follow from the time the tournament starts, which I think is about seven o'clock, to the time you have to be in line to weigh in your fish, which I believe is about two o'clock. Well, that's a great question, John. You know, my rule of thumb is to fish every minute possible. Uh, so I'm going to limit the areas I run. I'm not going to run back and forth a lot. Some guys like that. They like hitting a spot for for uh, 10, 15 minutes and run it to the next spot. Whatever your thing is, do it. Um, but me, I want to keep a bait in the water as long as I can possible because it's you're going to fish areas that normally don't have 15 to 30 boats parked on top of it, and those fish do respond differently. I hear it every year. Oh, they were biting good here last week, or, wow, we, we stuck some good ones even yesterday. You know, first of all, Guys, don't go out Friday and stick fish. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Especially your I mean, fish. It, you know, it, you may not think that it, that it applies to salt water like it does in fresh water. It does when the very next day you've got 30 more boats on the same spot. Don't stick them the day before and then put 30 boats on that. Because believe it or not, you may think that you found a spot that's all to yourself on Friday. I guarantee on Saturday there will be at least five boats on that spot that you swore nobody ever fished before. So yeah, let me ask you a no question, Jim. Do, do are you a lot? You're used. Can you use live bait or can you use squid in these tournaments? You can use uh, uh, meat. You can only use meat that you got that day, except for squid. So you can bring squid, uh, but you can't bring anchovies or sardines or anything else that's been frozen. And you can't bring live bait. You have to get your live bait after the tournament whistle blows. So when that that first run takes off, then you can go out and do it. Yeah, no um, means going over to Everingham's or somebody like that and, and picking up some bait. Yes. Now, uh, what I've experienced in the past, 
that really hasn't been all that that great of a game changer to go with Bates. Um, if and it's not just not just between Chuck and I, but if you actually look at the top five guys, almost every year, top five teams, I should say, they don't they don't have Bates. They're not throwing Bates. So you know that just shows me that really Bates is not the way to go necessarily in this tournament. Uh, last year it might have been a different story because I know the the bite was tough and it was hard to get a, a keeper, even though they they reduced it to three fourteen inch fish. It was really hard. Chuck and I didn't even get one, and we weren't alone. There was about twenty twenty five thirty teams that did. So All right, let me throw really... another let me throw another question at you then. Uh, traditionally, if you're on but even on a boat, I mean, and you're out at the islands, whatever, and the guys are fishing plastics until some guy decides he's going to put squid on. And, uh, along with the plastic and start throwing the squid, they can get off the plastic and only look for the plastic with, with the squid. Uh, in a tournament where you're in it, uh, get, uh, that can be a game changer when somebody goes through the area that doesn't really have the talent necessarily or doesn't know what they're doing and th- starts throwing squid with the plastic. The fish can kind of want it only want that one. It, it can change it up a little bit. Have you found that to be any kind of a uh, game changer with just a squid instead of live bait. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and we almost always take squid with us. Sometimes I'll I'll prepare it even the night before, just make a bunch of strips, and then you know separate the heads and then take the strips and then you know do that. Uh, and then the other times, there's <laughs> one time we had it on the boat, just never even used it because we were just too busy catching fish. So it it doesn't hurt to have uh, you know backup like that, especially when they allow it. You know that's. If they if they're going to allow it and they're going to say do it, do it. Uh, you Heck can't, yeah. like I said, you can't bring any other meats like mackerel or sardines or anything like that. Wendy, have you heard of any uh, colors plastics that uh, people should be uh, going out and getting uh, to to bring for the bay bass tournament? You know, um, it all depends too on what the cover is like, and um, as far as cloud cover and the skies. Um, if it's bright and sunny, you want to use more natural color plastics than um, the non, you know, the, the the other type of colors. But basically in that bay, I mean, shoot, uh, Christmas tree, um, any of Corey's baits, any of the big hammers, any of your baits, uh, Western plastics, they all work. Those guys, uh, you know, that fishery over there in San Diego Bay is amazing. And the amount of spotties that they have in there and sand bass and even calicos in the very back. Yeah, it, it's just amazing. And don't forget, maybe use a white um, plastic for the uh, halibut. Yeah, good uh, advice. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah, absolutely, John. And and I have to say, you know, that's that. I think it's going to be a game changer this year too. I think last year we had a hard time finding the sand bass in the bay. The weather was different. The uh, amount of bait and squid and everything else. Uh, even the beginnings of our red crab run was out of the bay. It was, they were out at the, uh, the pipelines, they were out on the reefs, even on the deeper kelp, and that kept the sand bass out of the bay. This year, after that last storm we had, we had a lot of uh, the red crab come in the bay, and there's really not a lot of squid out there offshore, or, I mean, on the reefs. So there's not a lot of squid out there. There's a lot of bait fish, uh, small anchovies, etc., in the bay, and there's a ton of red crab. They got pushed in the bay, and the water's warm. It's like 60 degrees right now at the mouth. So so we've huh. seen a lot more sand bass being caught already 
So hopefully by next week it's, it's going to stay on that pattern and, and we'll be able to get those guys. You know, Jim, uh, Stan will tell us uh, on the freshwater side, you can go to a spot and maybe hit it in the morning and there's nothing there and come back to it maybe later on and it lights up. Do you find spots in the bay do that also? Or in the bay do the fish pretty generally stay around a particular spot all day? Well, you know, that's that's a great question. And it, it really, that bite's current driven. There's no doubt. Um, you can still catch them when the current's not moving, but you're going to have to work a lot harder and that's what we found even on those nursery spots that we've been on, is that uh, when we're at getting those calicos, uh, we'll catch them. Like today we had that right about 9-ish, between 9 and 10 is when the current started slacking up real good. And by 10 it was just dead. And uh, you couldn't catch them, even on the spot that we were, we were whacking them on before then. And so we hit a couple different spots just to see what else we can go and get. And then, you know, if bite here, bite there, and then we went back to that spot once the start, current started moving again. It was coming in this time, and boom, they were they were lit up again. So definitely, that that's where I was talking about where you don't want to run and gun a lot like you would on a lake as long as you've got current in your area and you're catching something. I, that's how I fish the bay. Um, even if I'm catching small fish, but they're stacked up, I know that I'm, I'm in an area where all I have to do is make a few adjustments and maybe get a bigger fish, but I'm not going to leave those fish necessarily just to go hope to find a bigger one somewhere else. I think that, that you know, especially it, it, it's different between freshwater and saltwater for sure, although it's just conditions change that is the key here. Uh, in freshwater, in the morning, let's say you go to a spot and it's just not there, that doesn't mean anything because the, the fish move, and they move when they want to feed, but... The barometric pressure can change by wind. Wind changes everything on the freshwater, uh, and when wind comes up, it, it triggers sometimes the feeding in, uh, in a location where all of a sudden the fish haven't been there, and all of a sudden they move in and start. And, and Jim's talking about when fish when he's fishing an area and, and there's current fish. These fish are they're. They're knowledgeable of the bottom in the areas where the bait's coming through because they're just in there to feed. And if they're not on that spot it's and, the, and the current's not moving, it's because that, that fish knows he can go someplace else, and that's not the place to be. But that a lot of times they move in groups in areas, the wolf packs, if you want to call them, or schools, however, along areas where they know they can feed, and they'll move from area to area. area. And Jim's being smart about it. They stick and stay and make it pay. When the, when the current's coming and the fish are in there moving, more fish are coming through the area, and you got a, a better shot at sticking a lot of them if you stay in the area where you know they're moving through. Right. Hey, Jim, we wish you good luck in the Bay Bass Tournament next week, but also you gotta you, you fish for a living, and if people are interested in going out with you, especially families where we've got some holidays coming up where the kids are available, how's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, they can always reach me on the internet. It's uh, it's reach me at uh, thefishicon dot com. Send me an email, James at thefishicon dot com, or you could uh, send me call six one nine three nine five zero seven nine nine. As far as this week, I've got every day but tomorrow and Saturday that's available. <laughs> All right. Hey, well, Captain James Nelson of the Fish Icon, you want to learn more about Captain James, uh, just go to uh, rodreelradio.com. You'll see uh, 
a link to Captain James Seafish icon on Rod Real Radio. You can just hit that and connect right with him. Captain James, again, good luck to you this weekend. We look forward to speaking to you next Sunday night. And uh, you'll want to tell us how you won that tournament, would you please? I sure hope so, John. <laughs> I've already got that written down. I just haven't done it yet. Okay. <laughs> Go get them, Tim. And then if you need to, duct tape Chuck to the chair. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> hey, guys, we got a break for the top of the hour. Coming up next, Captain Kirk from Sure Strike Lodge in Craig, Alaska. Hey, stay tuned. Wendy and I and Stan will be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. My Angler H2O. I will never use that fakey fluorescent pink bait or drag my hula popper through the mud. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed stumps, rocks, and submerged station wagons and outsmart the ravenous river otter. I will save water by taking shorter showers for higher lakes, and I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT, to the Tour Mag, to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. 
Southern California, we want to welcome you to the second hour of Rod Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg is with us tonight. So is the beautiful Wendy Toshihara. And we want to thank you. If you're all footballed out and you're ready to go fishing, this is the show to listen to tonight. Hey, last week, Stan, Wendy, and I, we were talking about catching exotic species of fish off the Alaska coast that we were getting reports of that. And then during the middle of the week, I was talking to uh, one of the fellows that owns uh, Sure Strike Lodge up at Craig, Alaska, and he says, hey, I was one of those guys catching those exotic uh, species. So I said, why don't we get him on and let's talk about it, and maybe we can talk a little bit about the lodge, because I know he can't make a living catching albacore off of Craig, Alaska, but maybe there's something else up there that he can catch. Let's welcome to Rod Real Radio, Captain Kirk from the Sure Strike Lodge out of Craig, Alaska. Captain Kirk, how the heck are you tonight? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks hey, for having me on. Hey, well, no, thanks for having us, first of all. For a lot of people that don't get a chance to go up to Alaska a lot, they, they hear about places like, you know, Sitka and uh, Ketchikan and Juno and everything else like that. Maybe every once in a while they hear about Craig. Uh, they know, I know they don't hear anything about Prince of Wales Islands. Can you tell us exactly, uh, I'm sure you can, tell us where Sure Strike Lodge is located in relation to the, uh, the state of Alaska? Well, we're down the lower part of the panhandle on the west side of Prince of Wales Island, probably about 60 miles west of Ketchikan, and about 120 miles south of uh, Sitka. So if a person uh, or a group wants to come to see you, how how do they get to you? Well, you got to go through Seattle, of course, and then uh, then you'll fly up to uh, Ketchikan from there. Uh, generally, Alaska Airlines flies year-round, and uh, I, Delta was flying up here last summer, so actually people had a couple choices. You know, well, hey, let's get on to, you know, we were we were talking last week, and then uh, I had an opportunity to, to talk with you, and you said, hey, I was one of those guys catching some of those exotic species off of Alaska this year. Tell us a little bit about your experience and some of the experience of some of the other fishermen that you heard this season on, on catching fish that they don't normally see off the coast there? Well, actually, the uh, Albies have been up here the last three years. Uh, we've been talking about it for, oh, quite a few years now. We, you know, I just never really have the time to go out and chase them because we're always so busy uh, fishing the salmon and bottom fish around. So uh, last year I was able to actually take a couple trips off. So... Uh, some local guys went out and they uh, they went out kind of charging around out there and they spent a couple days looking around and they actually found a couple. So uh, we threw threw some tuna to get gear together and uh, threw it on the boat and went for it and and just happened to uh, get into them. So how far how, how far off the, off of your location do you have to run to find that fish? We ran about twenty miles off the beach, which is. That's not too far for us because we're about a 26-knot boat, you know, 27-knot boat. So, uh, and uh, so about 50 miles from the lodge itself. But the first 30 miles, you're on the inside waters, so you're going full tilt boogie out there. Wow! Wow! So it's only you know 20 miles outside the in, outside the inside, if you want to call it that. Uh, so you're running across really pretty decent water to get there. So that's that's pretty incredible, though. 
the fishery has been yeah. nuts here. We wanted to get out there, you know, around daylight, but uh, we weren't leaving till daylight because there's so many humpback whales up here that you it's <laughs> really not wise to run that type of speed in the dark uh, with all the humpback whales we have around here and all the logs and such. Yeah, but up there, daylight can be four o'clock in the morning if well, you're going out during the summer, can it? Well, those fish showed up uh, around late July, early August is when they start showing up up here. Okay. Uh, that's when we so caught wind of them. So uh, my brother and uh, and another friend jumped on the boat. We decided to go out there and check it out. So we uh, punched up uh, on the website there, uh, at terrapin.com, and uh, checked out where the uh, temperature breaks were and where the chlorophyll was out there, and, uh, which is kind of like cheating, I think. But uh <laughs> Uh, no, it's just using what you really got. We drove right to them. We put the put some feathers out, and within ten minutes, we had one on. We were laughing, like, "Wow, we got one!" <laughs> ten minutes later, we had a double on. Ten minutes later, we had a triple on. So, it's oh, like, okay, so, we're into them. So, you weren't mooching, uh, cut herring for them. You know, we tried, but they're eating the troll the troll so well that uh, you know it was hard not to get them that way. You know, we were we were uh, got some on the iron. But, you know, we didn't have any live bait to throw at them. But we did, we did drop some mooching rigs down, which is a cut plug uh, herring. And the uh, funny thing is I've caught them on a cut plug sardine down in San Diego before <laughs> when, they weren't, uh, when they wouldn't come to the boat. So we just dropped those down deep and actually caught them that way. What kind of live bait uh, would you actually there? have to catch to, to utilize that? I mean, maybe the, the whole herring? I mean, a live herring? I don't know. You know, the water was a little warmer out there. I don't know if the herring would roll on you or not. I don't know if they could handle it, you know, if you tried to take some live ones out there. For one thing, it's hard to get live herring up here. And uh, maybe, a, maybe a candlefish, which, uh, oh, they're kind of like a sand eel. They might hold up a little better. But, once again, they're hard to get a hold of too fresh. be hard to figure out what bait to, to go catch to put in the live well. I mean, uh, that's a, that would be an interesting Ordeal. Uh, trolling, I think, is a good idea at that point. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's been years since I really fished albacore. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we were it was all troll fish the first couple of trips. And then uh, one day we got out there and it was all jumpers and puddlers. And uh, uh, we went out solo the first four trips. And then uh, the, the, I, think it was, I think it was like the fifth trip or fourth or fifth trip that uh, a whole bunch of boats went out there to check it out and uh some of the guys were on them, and uh, they, they didn't know how to fish a tuna. They never caught a tuna in their life. So they'd see a bunch of jumpers or puddlers out there, and they'd just drive right through the middle of them. They couldn't figure out why they wouldn't get, uh, wouldn't get any jig stops. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you might not want to drive through the middle of them. You might want to lead them a little bit. We're speaking with Captain Kirk from the Sure Strike Lodge out of uh, Craig, Alaska, and uh, the atypical uh, uh, albacore bite that's been up there for the past couple of seasons. Just, uh, before we talk about the lodge, uh, Captain Kirk, just one more question. Uh, we've got a fish that starts off in the eastern Pacific, goes all the way up to the coast of Alaska. By the time they get up to you, what grade are they? Yeah. Those fish, uh, we probably had about a 25-pound average. Uh, oh, really? We had some fish up in the mid-30s. Wow, so those fish are still eating pretty good on the way up. Just just follow the food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we saw a lot of sea life that we normally don't see in on the uh, beach either. We saw a lot of black-footed albatross. We saw fin whales out there, Pacific white-side dolphins, and a lot of salmon sharks, which are in the mako family. Wow. Yeah. 
Well, now, Captain Kirk, Sure Strike Lodge, you're uh, located on uh, Prince of Wales Island. And, and from your location, the thing that I like when reading about the lodge is there are a variety of fish that you can go off where the fishermen can go out to target. It isn't that you take a float plane into somewhere and, and someone says, okay, we're going to go out there and we're going to snag salmon today or something like that. You've got a lot of great uh, fishing off of uh, your lodge location there. Tell us about it. Absolutely. Yeah, our, our typical day starts off where we, we we normally chase salmon first and then we'll, we'll kind of uh, – as our day progresses, we'll fish uh, bottom fish, halibut, lingcod, yellow eye rockfish, uh, pelagic rockfish, other things. It's uh, pretty much pretty much cover all the species of the day every day. Now, are you going uh, out in Boston whalers or what? No, we're running uh, twenty-five to twenty-eight foot uh, aluminum boats, uh, Almars, North Rivers, that sort of thing up here. So uh, I've got a, I've got a mix in my fleet, but uh, the Standard boats about twenty five to twenty eight foot up here. They're fast. They cruise about twenty six, twenty eight knots. So if you go up there with a group of friends, you, you can actually get uh, uh, a group of you them to all fish together and just have a, a, a great time fishing on one boat. Yeah, we take as a few as two bit, two people on a boat up to four people on a boat. You know, it's uh, all up to a four pack. Uh, they're not walkarounds or anything, but they got a good sized cockpit. We got air ride seats. We have great electronics and stuff it's they're fast they're uh they're really efficient little boats to fish with wow so what so what you know it's seasonal as the fish come through in your your area i would believe you know so what what type of what during the season what months do which uh salmon run through there and what are the sizes people can expect to catch you know, it's actually a year-round fishery up here. It's just really? the weather dictates a lot in the wintertime. But uh, my neighbor was catching king salmon right in front of my dock uh, about five days ago. And uh, we were out fishing yesterday, just catching and releasing some uh, some uh, rockfish and stuff, just light tackle fishing uh, just yesterday. So, you mean the salmon don't leave the the area? You can catch them year-round? Well, they're migratory fish, so they come in and out. There's yep. a, there's a lot of feed here. We have a, a, a pretty good herring population and uh, lots of candlefish here. So there's fish moving in and out year round. Uh, so you, you don't really have a eleven months the, out of the, the year. They're the silvers come in, in and then the reds come in and then the kings come in. It's not uh, like some of the you know if you go to the Nushigaki and you're going to catch kings, you're going to be there the end of June for. Uh, you know, in the first part of July, and then you've got another shot at them a little later. In uh, the reds come in just before that, let's say. So in some of the areas, you know, you kind of predict what time that that fish is going to run, but you don't really have that. Well, yeah, we do, kind of. I mean, you'll catch kings year-round. Uh, silvers are a real seasonal, you know, your, uh, all your reds and silvers and chum and pink salmon, those are all seasonal. Uh, you know, Typically, we push king salmon fishing from about mid-May through the end of June, and then around early July, the uh, silver salmon will start showing up, and you'll start catching a combination of kings and silvers. And then as July progresses, uh, the silvers get bigger, and then when you get into August, we don't push kings as much because they tend to taper off, but the silver fish will stay good till early September, sometimes into mid-September. Huh. How big a fish are you looking at on the kings? And you know what's a good size silver? 
Well, Kingsham salmon, they average probably high teens to mid-20s. That's pretty That's good standard fish. fish. And then, you know, they'll range up to 70 pounds sometimes. Sure. So, you know, you don't get those very often, but, you know, you do have years where there's quite a few nice ones, you know, where you're catching a lot of 30, 40-pound fish. Yeah. Now, how about uh, when it comes to the limits? You, you get uh, non-residents that uh, come up there. I'm, I'm presuming most of the people that come up there are non-residents. When it comes to the the limits of salmon and they're on a multi-day trip or four days with you, what happens with regards to the limits of fish that they can keep and they can take back home with them? Well, it could change. It hasn't changed much the last couple of years. Uh, the only thing we don't really, we're not really sure about at this point for this coming season is uh, king salmon limits because that uh, those numbers, their projected numbers, don't come out till like May first. So typically, you would get one a day, three a year for a non-resident on the king salmon. Silvers are six a day per person, and that hasn't changed forever. And uh, halibut's one a day. And there is a slot limit on those, and then uh, and then you have uh, two ling cod a year, one yellow eye rockfish a year, and then you have demersals, which is like your black bass or like what you guys would call a Johnny bass down there. Those are like five a day. Okay, so the great thing about fishing up there with the variety that you have is that if you limit out your daily limit for one of those species of fish, there are always a lot of other neat things that you can go and target and have a lot of fun with. And, and, and uh, Captain Kirk, salmon, are you allowed to release those if there's a salmon that you catch that you go, hey, I think I can get a bigger one, or once you hook it, do you have to keep it? Oh, sure. We do some catch and release. You know, as long as we're not hurting the fish, uh, I have no problem. You know, people want to do a lot of catch and release. Sometimes we'll drop to a single barbless hook, and it just makes it easier to release them. Oh, hey, hey, Captain Kirk, we've got a break for uh, a couple of commercial messages. Can you stay on with us uh, for another segment? Absolutely. All right. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we are talking to Captain Kirk from the Sure Strike Lodge out of Craig, Alaska. Still a lot more to come on Rod and Reel Radio. You're listening to us on AM 540. Stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at 
www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey, everybody. This is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those of you who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook. Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod Real Radio, but we've got exciting news for everyone. Rod Real Radio is now available as a podcast that you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Just search for Rod and Real Radio and subscribe. You'll get notified as soon as new episodes are available, and you can download the shows and listen to them anytime you want. And you may want to do that real soon here. We want to apologize to our listeners that are normally listening to us on the Internet. The live stream is down but we are recording the show, and we will put it on the archive page of Rod Real Radio as soon as we can. So thank you very much for your patience, everyone. Hey, we are with Captain Kirk from the Sure Strike Lodge in Craig, Alaska, and we're talking about some of the fishing possibilities up there. Captain Kirk, again, welcome to the show, and, man, it sounds like it is exciting times for you up there. Yeah, it's good fishing up here. We have a good time. Now, Cap Kurt, just give me a little history. Yeah, everyone loves to go fishing. I know going to uh, fishing uh, Alaska is a trip of a lifetime. And somewhere in the back of everyone's mind, they've thought about being a charter boat captain or running a fish camp or even a lodge and possibly up in Alaska. How did that How did that work out for you? You know, I uh, I grew up in Redondo Beach working a uh, uh, catching live anchovies on the local bait boat, and then worked in the sport fleet down there. 
and uh, came up here just on a whim in the in the late eighties. Uh, you go back. Uh, let's see. Back then, uh, yeah, I just happened to run into a guy. He told me about Alaska. We kind of got a good chuckle out of it, and <laughs> and uh, I was kind of in between jobs at the time. I was I was actually running the freelance out of uh, Newport yeah, at the time, and uh, I just decided to come on up here on a whim. So we came up here, fell in love with it instantly, and stayed. Wow! And the lodge itself, how did you get? Uh, did you create Sure Strike, or was it an existing lodge, or what? No, I started this 23 years ago. I was working for another lodge at the time for about seven years, and uh, one day I just decided to start something up. I figured if I'm going to work that hard up here, I might as well work for myself. <laughs> good idea. <laughs> sounds, sounds good. There's an old saying, it's uh, better to uh, rule in hell than to serve in paradise, for sure. Exactly. But, but it sounds like you're in paradise over there. Tell us a little bit about the, the amenities of the lodge itself. Oh, we're kind of a nice home-style lodge. Uh, people that come up here, a lot of them have been coming up for, geez, like 20 years since we started. They, they've been with us since day one, and they just love it. They love the home-style home atmosphere. we got our boats right at our dock right down there. I'm looking right at the dock as I'm talking to you right now. How many people and how many boats? How many people there. can you handle? And how many boats? Excuse me? How many people can you handle and how many boats? Oh, we do up like 16. We can even fit 20 at times, but uh, we try to keep it small and personalized. So we put uh, two to four people on a boat. It, it Perfect. Captain Kirk, do I have to pack uh, a bunch of granola bars and gummy bears with me and uh, uh, my uh, sleeping bag uh, to uh, stay at the lodge? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, you know, people just usually bring a, a – you can get away with a carry-on coming up here. we got rain gear, deck boots. Uh, we get up and do breakfast in the morning, and uh, we pack a nice lunch to, uh, to eat on the boat during the day. We pack sodas, water, and whatnot. So, you know, you get a good, nice 10-hour day of fishing in, sometimes maybe 11-hour day. just depends on how things roll. But usually we get it done in 10 hours or under that. We'll get a good day's catch in. Uh, an average day. Give us the uh, the idea of an average day when it comes to uh, in the eyes of the fishermen. How are they going to spend their average day uh, uh, during the summer up there at Church Strike Lodge? Well, it varies through the season. Uh, you know, I every day is pretty darn good. I, I mean, it, last year I was pretty happy with the numbers that we put up, and it's such a wide range. We could go fifty miles south, uh, forty miles to the west. 50 miles north, we have a huge area that we cover up here. And our MO is we kind of run off the grid a little bit. We, we don't like to fish around the, a fleet of boats. We tie, like to fish by ourselves a lot of times. So we might run a little further, but uh, it's, it's part of the adventure. And, you know, you got all kinds of great fishing over there, but every once in a while, uh, do you set out some crab pots or anything like that just in case you like a little variety in the menu? Absolutely. Uh, we either buy crabs or, uh, you know, if people want to put out crab pots and cook up some crab, we could totally put them out for them. You know, they have to do all the work and stuff, but uh, that, that, that's all right with me. Now, if, uh, if we're lucky enough to uh, catch a bounty of fish and we want to bring fish home with us, what's the procedure with that? Yeah, so during the day we're catching, as we catch fish, we're bleeding them and we're, and we're slushing them in slush ice on the boat. 
and then we bring them in, and I have fish processors who cut them right on the dock there, and then we vacuum pack them, freeze them, and then they get put in wax boxes. You pack them home as luggage. Wow. And uh, you send them home uh, in, in cold bags, or how do, how do people no, no, carry they're, them? They're and how do the airlines? A, you know, a, a box can weigh up to 50 pounds, and, uh, and it's all vacuum-sealed, flash-frozen. You get a really nice product, and we use, like, a heavy-duty bag, a 5 mil bag, so they last, they'll last a couple of years in your freezer. Wow. Tell us about the typical season out there, when it starts and uh, when it's in full gear, uh, and uh, how, how late in the year do you fish to? This coming season, we're going to start about mid-May, it's looking like. Uh, it varies, you know, depending on what the economy's doing and whatnot. But, uh, you know, things are looking good for us right now. I mean, we got a busy season ahead of us, so we're going to open up a little bit before Memorial Day. And uh, we'll probably go through uh, the first week of September. Wow. Wow. Now, you know, and a, a lot of the lodges are set up when you think they're, they're just set up for a bunch of guys and everything else like that. But I sure strike, you know, from reading what I've, uh, I've seen, it, it strikes me that uh, you really also cater to families. We do families. We do a lot of ladies up here. Uh, uh, most of our fleet has uh, stand-up heads in them and stuff, which you don't see a lot of up here. And, uh, you know, we, we like to cater to the ladies. They have a good time. We have, we, uh, we have some women that make their husbands come up here every year. You know, it's the one trip that they enjoy to do with their husbands. You know, you know, opposed to going on a, a longer trip off the beach, they get to get in on the beach every night and, and enjoy themselves on land. And people, people like that. You know, if people want to, you know, take a, a little hiatus from fishing, you also say uh, that uh, you'll take them on out, and there's a lot of natural wonders to look uh, at in the area. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, the wildlife up here is incredible. I mean, heck, you could make a living off eco trips up here if you wanted. <laughs> you, you know, uh, the, we have about 60 resident humpback whales that live right around here. I'd go out and see 20, 30, 40 humpback whales tomorrow if I went out. Uh, they don't all migrate, you know, south or, you know, to Hawaii. Some of them stay year-round. So we have a pretty big local population. We have a... Uh, ton of sea otters, bald eagles, stellar sea lions, harbor seals, uh, bird life like you wouldn't believe. Bird watchers paradise up here. So, uh, yeah, the uh, and you see all this stuff while you're fishing most of the time. I mean, you could be fishing salmon on a kelp line on a point and have a humpback whale 40 yards from you just pop up and start feeding. Wow. Plus, That's... a lot of the time, people don't realize they think Alaska it's all snow. <laughs> <laughs> and ice, ice you know, just <laughs> ice everywhere, but or glaciers. It's green, and you, know, you get on the boat, and you get offshore. Alaska can it'll surprise you how much it'll it, it, it turns into sometimes what you would see off the coast of California or even Hawaii. Right. Well, Southeast Alaska is all it's all evergreens. I mean, you have evergreens right down to the waterline. It's just crazy. You go offshore to an offshore island, and there'll be evergreens on there. You'd think they'd never grow out there, but there's these 100-plus-foot uh, 100, trees out there growing right next to the water. That's what I mean. So it looks like you could be off the coast of California, or sometimes if you get into the right area, because you'll have a lot of ferns and sometimes waterfalls in areas, and it looks like Hawaii. you think you're in Maui. It, it's a, I think Alaska is one of the most amazing 
places to go if you're a fisherman and you and you've never been. Highly, highly suggest taking a trip to Alaska. It's great. Yeah, yeah, we get a lot of people up here. We've had like I'm like uh, I'm, I'm a second generation on a lot of my clients. I mean, I was young when they first started when their when their parents started coming up. And now the kids have start bringing groups up. So it's just crazy. I mean, people just can't get enough of it. I mean, people do it year to year to year. It's like their annual vacation every year. So, so if you got inclement weather, uh, which happens in Alaska, <laughs> uh, are you always able to fish at, at your lodge? Once in a blue moon, we get shut down per se. But it's a rainforest, and it we get wind, we get rain. Uh, you know, we get like 150 inches of rain up here sometimes. So we do get rain. I mean, generally it comes down in buckets when it comes down. But uh, you know, three years ago it went. I think we went 90 days without any rain. It was drought. It was drought last year till uh, the first of July. We had no rain. They were actually worried about water. So. And we had days up to in the 80s in June last year. So you never know what you're going to get. You know, uh, Captain Kirk, when the people get to catch can, uh, you know, they're not familiar with the airport. They're not familiar with the town. Uh, uh, you know, they've read your literature and everything else like that. But what's the process of, of getting them from there actually to the lodge? And, and how about if they need fishing licenses or tags or anything like that? What do they do uh, for that? It's real easy. You know, you get to the airport, and if you check your baggage, you go right to the baggage claim, and you turn. Le- you walk 20 feet one direction, there'll be a float plane company. You walk 40 feet in the other direction, there'll be another uh, plane company, and those are the ones that fly out to uh, Prince of Wales. Really? So it's, it's a pretty small airport, really small, and uh, easy to find those, those uh, airlines that come to the island. There's about four airlines that come back and forth to the island. And uh, once you get here, uh, we'll set you up with fishing licenses and whatnot right at the lodge. Man, that sounds turkey. How about, how about wait for uh, fish that you can bring home? How much can a guy bring home? Whatever the limits dictate, you know. It's you know, typically, typically people leave here with a couple boxes. Okay. So that's pretty pretty standard. And uh, once you get into silver fishing, you might get a little bit more because. The silver salmon, they grow like a pound a week during the summer. They eat like Dorado sometimes. <laughs> so you start catching them in the later part of June, early July. They really start getting good, and then they really start putting on the pounds. So like early in the season, those little buggers will weigh five to eight pounds. By early August, they're averaging 11 to 16 pounds. Wow. Yeah, so nice. You know, and they're pretty plentiful, and they, they bite really good, and they're really fun to catch, and they're really good eating. Well, Captain Kirk, I'm looking forward to coming up, seeing you. We're going to see if we can put together a trip, and I know I got a few people interested already. Come up and see you in uh, in May before the Memorial Day holiday. But if people want to see your schedule or find out more about Sure Strike Lodge, uh, how's the best way to get the information? Well, you can find us on the net, SureStrikeLodge.net, or you can email me at Kirk at SureStrikeLodge.net, or you can just give us a call. Uh, 907-826-3909, and I'm always up in the office in the mornings uh, all through the wintertime, always willing to chat. And, and this uh, is great because people want to see our space available, I can always email it to them. Because when we come up and visit you, we're actually visiting you at your home. Isn't that right? 
Well, my home's right next door to the lodge, so yeah, we're, I'm right here, right on the Pacific Ocean. I mean, it's a pretty unique area up here, really unique setting. I mean, we're literally right on the Pacific Ocean. I mean, my dock's right here. I jump in the boat, and we're boom, we're on the water. All right. You might run, you might run ten minutes to fish. You might run two hours to fish. Just depends on where you want to go that day. Well, Captain Kirk from the Sure Strike Lodge in Craig, Alaska. Captain Kirk, thanks a lot for sharing some stories with us and uh, telling us more about the lodge. And uh, let Stan, Wendy, and I know when uh, the Dorado are biting, would you please? <laughs> I don't know about Dorado, but there were a couple of yellowtail up here last year, I heard. <laughs> yeah, there were. <laughs> He's going to get white sea bass. <laughs> I, I would love to catch croakers. I miss catching croakers down south. Uh, man, they were they were always fun to catch. But that, that's the beauty of king salmon fishing. They remind me of a white sea bass. That's why I like them so much. All well, right. We had, we had Wahoo and Ventura this year. Maybe they'll make it to Alaska. <laughs> I heard that. Follow heard the that. food. Captain Kirk, thanks a lot for being with us and giving up some of your Sunday night to, to be here. Uh, we really appreciate it, and thanks for the stories. Great talking to you guys. All right. Thanks for having me on. Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up uh, next is going to be John Elder, and we're going to be talking about collectible fishing antiques. So stay tuned. More to come. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262, or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for bass boat insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. My angler aged to earth. Like the mighty flounder, I will keep one eye on the pole and the other watching for rogue waves. I'll save water by taking shorter showers and enthusiastically celebrate talk like a pirate day. Aye. I will chat up the locals before launching in unfamiliar waters. And I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. It's tuna time, 
and it's time to reserve your spot on one of the newest boats in the fleet, the 70-foot Sea Adventure 2 at H&M Landing in San Diego. It has a really comfortable galley that seats up to 24 passengers with all the comforts of home, including two big satellite flat-screen TVs and satellite phone. The huge new bait tank and slammer ensure plenty of bait for everyone, and two four-ton refrigerated fish holds, both RSW and blast-free, have plenty of room to keep your catch as fresh as the minute you caught it. Reserve your spot on the Sea Adventure 2 online at hmlanding.com or call H&M Landing at 619-222-1144. And welcome back to Rod Real Radio. Stan, Wendy, and I, we're having a great time tonight talking fishing. And uh, coming up now, hey, you know, do you have a, a piece of tackle that has been handed down to you for maybe a few generations of the family and you kind of scratch your head and you go, is this thing worth something, or is there any value to it just beside the sentimental value? Well, you might have the opportunity to find out if that piece of tackle has some value with us. And we have with us uh, tonight Mr. John uh, Elder. He is with Southwest Tackle Collectors, and they've got a show coming up that I think we're all going to be interested in attending. John, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Hey, John. Good to hear you. Hey, it is good being uh, having you with us tonight uh, Tell us a little bit, first of all, about uh, Southwest uh, Tackle Collectors. Well, it's kind of Southern California, but it's just a bunch of us tackle collectors. It's kind of a collage of members uh, of the Lure Collectors Club, which is the NFLCC, and uh, Old Real Collectors Association, which is ORCA, and anybody else interested in tackle. There's just a ton of uh, closet collectors out there that have all sorts of great tackle and uh, so we have a show um, every year. This is, our, this is our eighth year up at Ada Harris. That's all A's, ADA, uh, in Cardiff. And uh, that will be on February 6th from 8 to 2. And uh, we'll have a lot of antique tackle on display as well as we're going to have a, a ton of uh, fishable stuff because we all go buy collections and then we have more than we possibly know what to do with. So there's salt, fresh, fly rods, you name it, it's up there. So this will be uh, not only for viewing, but this will be uh, a selling and, and trading type of event. If if the general public comes up, will they also have the opportunity, if they have a piece of gear, that they could bring it in and have it critiqued? Absolutely. There will be uh, uh, all sorts of experts available. Mark Etson uh, is hosting the show with me, and he's kind of uh, the maven for, uh, for especially uh, freshwater lures. There's going to be a... Uh, um, people up there that only collect saltwater lures and reels and rods. Uh, and if the people have a whole garage full of stuff that they want to move, they can uh, give me a call and get a table for 30 bucks and set up and uh, make it go away. Wow. But uh, we're more than happy also to just have them come in and bring in grandpa's whatever, and uh, we can give them... Um, give them an appraisal on what it is, and if they want to sell it, we can either hold up and have an auction or sell it flat out. You know, John, uh, I know uh, uh, a lot of the guys that are going to be there, and including uh, Mike Ferrier, who is a mm-hmm. renowned tackle collector, uh, uh, and uh, you, I read in an article that Gary Graham wrote that he has tackle that goes back to the Civil War and even before that. Can can you tell us a little bit about wow. what, what kind of stuff are we talking about? Oh, well, Mike just has a tremendous collection. He's got to have one of the top collections in the world. Uh, he has uh, a lot of uh, early Zane Gray 
materials. He has uh, some of the, you know, as a bill from one of the early uh, record Marlin that were caught. Uh, he has uh, a lot of reels as big as your head, as we say, uh, 20-odd, 16-odd uh, cradle reels. Just a tremendous thing, and, and Mike is so knowledgeable. You ask him anything, uh, and he can he can spout it off. He has a, a fantastic memory, much better than mine. <laughs> I can but, understand, uh, I understand yeah. that. Tell us uh, some of the things, though, that have passed through the show in, in the years when it comes to when you look at something and you go, holy Christopher, I didn't know that even existed. Well, uh, for for me, I'm really stuck on uh, on uh, fishing reels, and so a lot of the uh, early reels that come through um, from uh, Holzman and, of course, Vom Hoff is a, a standard collector that you uh, you see a lot in antique tackle shows, and uh, Meek and Milam. Uh, some of them are just knockout. Dave Gostad, who's here in town, has been collecting since dirt has just a tremendous collection too and I'm I'm bending his arm I'm hoping he'll bring up a display as well of some of his early uh, uh brass reels he has some super brass reels he has a collection of reels that are all about uh, half inch in diameter it's, it's just in it's just a fun hobby there's just there's a seat for every rear that's all there is to it I uh, you know I have a I've got my own little collection it's in my living room I have uh shadow boxes that are created for uh, end tables and coffee tables, and it's got all my little collectible stuff in there. And and it's just I love the I love collecting and stuff. When I get it, I, I'm not looking a lot of the times for the newest or the best uh, uh, stuff because the collectors really like to buy the stuff if it's still in the box and it's got the labels on it. And, yeah. and uh, I think that's that has its own place. Sometimes I like the ones that just tell the story. It's been used a lot, and it's all beat up, and it's it's a good looking lure. But you know, and I had to laugh when the when the whiffle spool, you know, the holes in the spools came out in in bass fishing a while back, and said, "Oh, this is all new and great." But that's not new. That's been no. that came out in what the 1930s or 40s with the Lampkin, well, uh, I think, was it. There have been several versions of that, but one one of the most famous ones for for uh, perforated spools is Langley, and they yeah. were. They were homed here in San Diego. <laughs> I'm always, excuse me, I'm always looking for some assorted people that were collecting that, uh, hooked up with that factory, and uh, they're really hard to scare up. Uh, that's all there is to it. Uh, some uh, a friend, uh, 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 Colby Sarles, wrote a really good book on Langley that uh, that is that is out there to buy and uh, really tells the uh, the history. He's he he went in and, and dug it all up. But yes. That was a big deal that they came up with aluminum spools with the with the perforated holes, and that, of course, made a light spool, which helped with uh, with casting as well as uh, as line drying in the early days when you didn't have mono. So, yeah, but people don't. That's something people don't understand. Before that, with linen line, uh, you had to have that drying. It was part of the deal. Uh, oh, there's so much history that's involved with all this. It's fun to learn, and as you get into collectible things, especially on the reels, uh, there's a lot to learn and a lot to know about what used to be used and what now, you know, we're using, they don't, they don't use swiftful spools in the salt water, but, you know, everybody wanted to, at one point in time to wash even their floral, I mean, not the fluorocarbon, the spectral lines, mm-hmm. because it held a little bit of, of the particulate from mm-hmm. 
uh, being used over and over again. But, you know, the, the real history has been fun to watch over a period of time, but collecting them, you learn a lot about what was made and how it made the reels today better. Yeah, at 67, I spend most of my time relearning stuff that I've already knew. But, uh, yeah, there are people that collect nothing but line dryers, and uh, that was something that had to be done with, with linen line. You come in from fishing, and uh, you ran that off onto a line dryer, and if you didn't get it dry the next time you got out, it was probably going to break on you. It would get rotten fairly quickly. And, of course, you know how hard salt water is on on, on equipment anyway, and so everything had to be washed down thoroughly or you know, you John, some of the early tackle, was it made in Europe and shipped over here to the United States? Uh, or is the tackle that seems to be really going for a premium uh, tackle that was made in the early days of fishing here in the United States? Well, mostly we collect stuff that was made here in the United States. Now, Europe did some fantastic things, first of all, with flywheels, uh, and, and, uh, and of course, uh, Hardy did some incredible saltwater tackle. Uh, they, they are just beautiful reels, and I have a big Hardy collection of fly reels that I do. Yeah. Mike, Mike uh, uh, Farrier has a, a, a ton of uh, saltwater um, uh, Hardy reels. Um, then they also made some incredible spinning reels. And a lot of people are getting into spinning reel tackle. First of all, it's a little less expensive on average to get into that at this point than some of the really old stuff. And uh, um, uh, there's some really unique reels that you, until you get into it, you just don't appreciate her out there. You know, John, just uh, just as an example that people don't think we're just a bunch of old guys talking about something that uh, is uh, worth pocket change, uh, uh, at one of your events or an event you can think of, what was one of the higher-priced items that actually changed hands, and what did it go for? Uh, well, probably right offhand would be uh, um, a marbleized Phil and Payne reel, probably. Uh, and they went, I, I've, I've seen more, at the high of about $24,000 to uh, low. Uh, and, and these are fly reels, and they just yeah. have these nar- marbleized uh, reels. They're beautiful reels. And uh, uh, then I saw one go for $13,000. Uh, wow. Yeah, ten or thirteen. Yeah, it, it's, it can be ugly, big money. Yeah. Um, uh, but it doesn't have to be. I think what it amounts to is that I keep going to my room and I keep trying to thin out. My wife keeps yelling at me because i got all this tackle. And I go in there and I think, oh, I really don't need 500 reels. I can get by with 450, right? So let's, <laughs> let's, let's pick 50 out to sell. And well, then know, I, start, I start picking them up and I can't let them go. <laughs> well, you know, what's nice about this is that there's all areas uh, of collection where – it doesn't necessarily have to be a a five hundred or thousand dollar reel. I mean, uh, if you want to get your your granddad's old fluger that uh, maybe only has a market value of of ten or twenty dollars, it's still fun to collect them and and to work on them and and uh, and see how the the reels uh, progressed and everything. So it's it's a great area of collection, uh, collecting fishing tackle. Yeah, you know, and a lot of times the the real collectible tackle that is worth the most money was the crappiest tackle. That's the reason it's collectible because you can't find it. So you, take exactly. a you know, it's you, amazing you, how much the, a good a real box, the box that the real came in, if it's in good shape, some that people will pay a lot of money for the box. Oh, more than the real. Yes. 
Yeah, you know that, uh, but uh, I don't know. I put that in the same category as people that, that collect Taz machines, right? You know, it's okay. You've you've got something that's complete, and and yeah, it's beautiful, um, but it doesn't necessarily. I I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's not for me. But a lot of people, that's the only thing they'll buy is is new in box. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, you're not going to find the real old stuff very often new in box. And when you do, uh, you pretty much have to take out a second mortgage to get it. Well, we're talking with John Ellers from Southwest Tackle Collectors, and they've got a public show coming up. And, John, you want to give us specifics on if we want to display or if we're just the yeah. general public, we want to come over and, and see some great history of our sport. You can see it through Fishing Tackle. How do we go about doing it? Well, first of all, it's at Ada Harris School in Cardiff-by-the-Sea, and that's just north of Birmingham, just off I-5. You can see it from I-5 if you squint. And uh, before that, on uh, that's on February 6th. And before that, we're going to have room trading at the Holiday Inn Express, and that's a stone's throw away from Ada Harris School, right next to Birmingham off I-5. And uh, we're going to have room trading there where a bunch of us uh, uh, really uh, – dedicated miscreants will come in and we'll set up all our tackle in the rooms and uh, sell, trade, and just argue about things. And that's going to be on Thursday afternoon and all day on Friday. And the public is welcome to come. You're probably better off coming on Friday than Thursday because a lot of people have to work and they're just not going to get there yet. And then on Saturday morning about 8 o'clock, that's when it starts. And usually uh, it's it's pretty much over by by, uh, 1 o'clock or so and then we're out of there by two and if you want to sell you can uh, give me a, a call and my number is 619-997-8270 and a table an eight by four table is thirty dollars and that's just uh, the the end there there is no admission charge so if you got five kids bring them we're not going to charge you a dime for coming in and looking at things uh, buying or not and um, that pretty much well, covers it. You, you can know, also. We, I'm going to have to not not now, but after the show, sometime next week here, I'm going to have to get in touch with you. I have a older gentleman that's a great friend that has a huge collection. I mean, it's over 100k that uh-huh. he is now looking to sell. So he's going to need some help with this, and I think you guys could probably help him. So we'll have to talk here after the show here during the week. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. You can get a hold of me anytime because that's exactly what we'd like to see. The more uh, uh, new people that come in selling and buying, uh, the better it is. And and keep in mind that a lot of your audience are all saltwater folks, and um, uh, you'll find a lot of uh, P-Series noodles that are sitting there waiting for new homes and uh, and saltwater rods out the kazoo and uh, a, lot a lot of people wouldn't understand the p-series real <laughs> <laughs> well but you know the the diehards will know the p-series are the best yes. noodles, hey, so. uh, hey guys we gotta we gotta cut it short for tonight yeah. uh, but uh john elder from uh, southwest tackle collectors uh Get a hold of them uh, for the upcoming show on February 6th. Take the family or just go over there. And if you've got, a, if you got an item or three that uh, you kind of wonder about, they'll be happy to critique it for you. Or like in Stan's case, I know a lot of the guys mentioned, Dave Gestat, he is a, a, a professional appraiser too. If you've got an estate sale or something like that, you can set it up and find out uh, the right way to go about doing this. And John, we want to thank you for being with us and giving up some of your Sunday to, to talk with, uh, with us on The Collector Show. Well, thanks much for putting us on. All right. Take care. 
Hey, Stan, Wendy, we've got a little overtime. That's it for tonight. Thanks a lot for being with us and, and your contributions. Always. Always. Hey. hey, ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, it tonight. Sorry we weren't on the Internet, but we'll, uh, we've recorded the show, and you'll be able to go to rodandreelradio.com and listen to the show on the archive, or you can download it on uh, one of the apps for your iPad. So that's it for tonight. On behalf of Stan, Wendy, Always in memory of Big Tuna Bill, we want to thank Jorge in the AM540 studios, Ben Harvey uh, here in San Diego. You guys, you have a great week of fishing. Look forward to seeing you at the Bay Bass Tournament or at the CCA meeting at Carol Strauss on January the 21st. We'll be there. So for now, you guys have a safe night. We'll see you on the water. We're out for now. Good night, everybody. <laughs>